A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Telling a woman that she can't be an elder is a nonsense rule. If they claim to be in the body, we let them have it. Donald Trump is going to win in 2020 by an absolute landslide. Heretics Christianizing the American dream. I said that that many LDS folks and I uh, love the same Jesus. Uh, I still believe that. Sawing is a blessing from God to make you rich. Beating Jesus like a lottery ticket. The Lord spoke to my heart. Then very few times I've ever heard God be this articulate with me. And I'm telling you word for word, these words came into my heart. I'm not asking you with me. I'm asking you to brush your hair. That's what God commanded. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Master's Dog, episode 116. I'm your host, Norm, The Master's Dog Dunham, a.k.a. The Evangelical Norm. So, The Master's Dog is a podcast that I do that deals with false teachers, false gospel, false doctrines. If it's out there um, and it comes to my attention and I think it's it's uh, sufficient enough to deal with, then I'm going to deal with it. Um, the one thing that I do every week is I respond to... The Saints Unscripted podcast, they have a segment called Faith and Beliefs, which is what this podcast started out as. And I made a commitment that I was going to respond to every one of their videos that they did on Mormon doctrine and show how it doesn't line up with biblical Christianity. They started with the LDS Articles of Faith. That was what I wanted to respond to initially, and I committed to respond to everything. Every so often, they do an episode where I'm like, I don't know if it's really that important to respond to it, but... Because I made a commitment, I continue to do so. And God is usually, God has always brought something fruitful out of the, the conversation, out of the discussion, out of the out of the monologue, actually. It's just me. We're, I mean, you can comment. I'm, I'm open to have any of your comments and we can dialogue there. But this is, this is just me breaking it down, letting you know why these things are not uh, actual biblical Orthodox Christianity. So, again, this week we are back to our roots with David Snell um, from Saints Unscripted, and he's going to talk about patriarchal blessings. So, a lot of you have, even some who grew up Mormon, may not even know what a patriarchal blessing is, because I didn't know. I grew up in the church. I never heard of one until I was like 16 years old and actually got one, um, which I, when I left the church, I shredded it, and I, I wish I hadn't. Now, I, I, I think it would be interesting to go back and read when it says, I could actually write to the, the church office and get a copy sent because when they give a patriarchal blessing, they make two copies. One goes to you and one goes to the, the records, your records in the church, the great big church office building in downtown Salt Lake City um, that I drive past all the time. And it's kind of creepy. But So this week we're going to get to it. So we are going to let David do what David does. And he's going to talk this week. He's going to tell us about, excuse me patriarchal blessings and then we're going to break it down and talk about them as he does so here is our friend david snell from saints unscripted hey guys so in the last episode we went over the significance of the abrahamic covenant for members of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints in order to understand today's episode about patriarchal blessings it is important that you understand the blessings that were promised to the great patriarchs of old so if you haven't seen that yet check it out as for the rest of us let's jump in I responded to that as well. So you can check out my video. 
You'll get the whole video that they did. All right, so recall with me the Old Testament patriarch Abraham. God made promises to Abraham and his descendants, which are known when grouped together as the Abrahamic Covenant. These promises were renewed with Abraham's son Isaac and Isaac's son Jacob. Jacob was renamed Israel and became the father of the twelve tribes of Israel. In Genesis, we read that before Jacob died, he blessed his sons and two of his grandsons and told them, that which shall befall you in the last days. Today, Latter-day Saints believe that as you accept the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, you become adopted into the family of Abraham. I'm adopted? <laughs> I got Okay, so let's, let's talk about that for just a minute. Um, the whole issue of uh, Isaac or Jacob giving blessings to his grandchildren, basically. He gave, he gave blessings to uh, Joseph's kids. Um, and essentially, he did give blessings to every one of his children. But this is one of those places where we look at Scripture and we see this is a descriptive thing. That not every patriarch did this. We don't have a record of everybody. We don't have a record of Abraham. We don't have a record. We do have a record of Isaac blessing his two boys. And then we see, but we don't see this as, as a prescriptive thing. There's nothing that says this must be done and this is how it is done. And it's definitely not, fathers aren't called to bless their sons in this day of saying, this is what will happen to you in the future. I mean, we give our kids blessings. We bless them and we pray for them and we do these things. But we're, I mean, we're not giving prophetic revelation to them. And this is not a requirement of fathers, which is what this is. We don't see, because if these men were patriarchs over Israel, why were they not giving these blessings to everybody? Why was it just to their children? So you're already seeing an issue where the, what the Mormons do and what the, the patriarchs of old did are completely two, two completely different things. But nothing. <laughs> As such, you become an heir to the promises made to Abraham and his posterity. The purpose of a patriarch... Okay, and one thing, priesthood should not be listed. And I talked about it in the last thing. Abraham did not hold a priesthood. Isaac did not hold a priesthood. Jacob, Israel did not hold a priesthood. When we came to the point where God instituted the, the Aaronic or Levitical priesthood, it was Levi and his descendants that held the priesthood. None of the rest of the tribes held it. No one. The Melchizedek priesthood, which the Mormon church believes in today, we see clearly in scripture that it is only held by one man. It was held by Melchizedek in the Old Testament, which most scholars believe is a Christophany, a, a pre-incarnate appearance of Christ, and it is held by Christ. And it is it it the Bible did defines it. I don't know why I'm suddenly a stuttering. Um, the Bible defines it in I believe Hebrews as an untransferable priesthood. It it. It's not transferred from to anybody. Christ holds that priesthood forever. If you want to get funny like they do, we can do the sandlot forever, forever. Jesus holds that priesthood. No one else needs to hold it. 
tabernacle blessing is to declare the tribe of Israel through which you will receive the blessings made to Abraham. It's a declaration of lineage. A knight who can trace his lineage back beyond Charlemagne. Whether that lineage is by blood or by adoption doesn't matter. John A. Witzel wrote that in the great majority of cases, Latter-day Saints are of the tribe of Ephraim, the tribe to which has been committed the leadership of the Latter-day work. And similar to the blessings Jacob declared for his son, now notice there's one thing, and I'll, I'll make this, and if you haven't had a patriarchal blessing, you don't know. That, that is never a, a defined thing of whether by adoption. My patriarchal blessing said, you are descended from the tribe of Ephraim. It was pretty definitive in its statement that I was a descendant of Ephraim. Just like Joseph Smith claimed that he was a descendant, direct line. Not adopted, not direct line, which is not true, which is not, I guess it's possible, but it's not accurate. Sons, inspired counsel and opportunities for future blessings are also declared to you in your patriarchal blessing. So here's how it works. A congregation of Latter-day Saints is called a ward. A group of wards is called a stake, led by a stake presidency. Within each stake is one priesthood holder, usually one who is more advanced in age, who holds the office of patriarch. It is his responsibility and calling to give one patriarchal blessing to any member who desires one. Through the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, the Patriarch declares your lineage and pronounces other blessings you will have the opportunity to receive throughout your life or after this life. There might also be warnings or other counsel given as well. Promised blessings may have to do with any range of subjects, education, occupation, marriage, family, etc. Whatever the Patriarch is inspired to pronounce. Now, to be clear, the blessings outlined in your Patriarchal blessing are conditioned upon your faithfulness. Carl G. Mazur described these blessings as paragraphs from the book of one's possibilities. The book True to the Faith makes another important point. You should not assume that everything mentioned in your patriarchal blessing will be fulfilled in this life. A that's that's pretty much a cop-out statement to say that, well, I'm, I can, I mean, I mean, that basically means the patriarch can say any wild, crazy thing he wants. And if it doesn't happen, even if you remain the most faithful of Mormons, They'll say, oh, well, it just wasn't going to be fulfilled in this life, and it'll be fulfilled when you're, I mean, I guess when you're, you know, siring spirit children to populate your own planet. The patriarchal blessing is eternal, and its promises may extend into the eternities. It's also worth mentioning that just because something isn't mentioned in your patriarchal blessing doesn't mean it's a blessing you'll miss out on in your life. For example, if your blessing doesn't mention anything about you getting married, that doesn't mean you're never going to get married. A patriarchal blessing is considered to be a revelation from God as inspired by the Holy Ghost for you, the recipient. In this sense, a patriarchal blessing can be considered a type of personal scripture for your life. Now, similar to... Okay. Now, if, if you don't recognize how that is dangerous, that's a whole another episode that needs to be done. But God does not add to his scripture. The scripture is sufficient. The Bible is sufficient for what we need um, daily for, for God's revelation to us. Do I believe that God can still speak to people? Yeah. Do I believe that he speaks in a way that is revelatory and can be considered scripture? No. I don't believe anybody hears the voice of God himself anymore. I do believe that it is possible because of my own testimony and my own salvation story that, 
that angelic beings can speak to us as directed to by God. But they're not giving scripture. They're not giving us personal revelation. It would usually be something that absolutely lines up with what you can find in scripture in itself. Maybe you just don't have access to it at that point in time. The scripture being inspired by the Holy Ghost does not mean that God is using the patriarch as a sock puppet. Necessarily, since patriarchs are but men, they are subject to human frailties. Their manner of speech and thinking is reflected in their blessings. Different men express the same idea in different words. The Lord does not dictate blessings to them word for word. Nevertheless, if the patriarch lives worthily, he is sustained by the power and authority of his calling and will pronounce blessings intended for us. If you are a Latter-day so in other words, maybe if, if nothing is absolutely true in your patriarchal blessing, maybe it's just because the patriarch was secretly sinning and wasn't really worthy to be giving. Again, it's all it's all condition and cop out and just ridiculousness in the sense that, I mean, why would God use somebody to give you a blessing if he wasn't going to give you exactly what he wanted you to get? And so then he really isn't actually using that person. They're just pretending. I mean, it's did God you make you know take away every bit of free will from Paul and go you know insert spirit write what I want? No, but God did inspire every word that Paul wrote, and so every word that Paul wrote was exactly what God wanted him to write. The Mormons have to back out of this because so much of the the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Covenants, the Pearl of Great Price are also contradictory to scripture and contradictory to themselves and each other that Mormons have to go, well, you know, sometimes a prophet doesn't act as a prophet and sometimes he's acting as just a man and he's failable and blah, 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 blah. We look at the Bible and we go, this is the inerrant word of God. God spoke through these men perfectly so that everything that he wanted written down was written down. Without having to throw anybody, including God, under the bus. A saint interested in receiving a patriarchal blessing. Start by talking to your bishop or branch president. They'll get you set up. There's no minimum or maximum age requirement for those seeking a patriarchal blessing. The church's handbook, which is available for anyone to read, teaches that as long as the member is of sufficient age and maturity to understand the significance and sacred nature of the blessing, then you're good to go. Personally, I received mine when I was 16. Patriarchal blessings are usually given in the church building or in the home of the patriarch. It's not a big public event. Usually only the recipient and a few close family members will be present. The patriarch makes a recording of the blessing so that exactly two transcripts can be made. The recording is then deleted. One transcript goes to you and the other goes to the archives of the church in case you lose yours and need another copy. Latter-day Saints consider patriarchal blessings to be sacred. They're not meant to be shared publicly. They're meant to be a source of inspiration and guidance for the recipient throughout their life and that's another one of those things where it's like well just don't share this with anybody because from and, and again this is anecdotal from what i've heard i have people who've gone when i did leave the church or something like that and compared my patriarchal blessing with like a family member or something they were exactly the same If you want to learn more about this subject, check out the resources in the YouTube description of this video. We've also had a stake patriarch on our show before, so go check that out if you'd like, and have a great day. So there we go. There is our 
episode. And so, again, God makes promises, and those promises are recorded in Scripture. So we don't need a patriarchal blessing to give us any more promises than what are there. You know, we can stand on the promises that are there and operate off of that. And again, the whole issue of patriarchal blessings comes from a descriptive, not a prescriptive portion of of the Old Testament. Nowhere in the Old Testament or anywhere else does it say this is the manner and the way in which you will give these patriarchal blessings. And again, it doesn't make sense that you have one man who's giving blessings to all these other people, whereas the patriarchs only gave them to their children. We have no record of, I mean, even if you go outside of the typical line of patriarchs and you look at the leaders of Israel, Moses never gave, you know, revelatory blessings to anybody. Abraham never gave anything beyond, uh, you know, I don't know, did Abraham even give a, any kind of like blessing? I, I'm sure he did to Isaac and maybe even to Ishmael, but we don't read it. Um, you know, we see that Jacob blessed Esau and, and gave Esau's blessing to Jacob and Jacob who became Israel blessed Joseph's children. And he did talk about the other tribes and the other sons. Um, and there was one son that, uh, I, I can't remember, but it gets, it gets detailed, but nowhere do we see Israel giving blessings to anybody else outside of his family. So, again, I would think if it were truly a pattern after the patriarchal blessings that are recorded in the Bible, it would be a father if he held, I mean, if even playing devil's advocate from the Mormon point of view, a father who holds a Melchizedek priesthood should be able to give a patriarchal blessing to his son because that's what it is, a fatherly blessing. You don't have a a patriarch that is not your father. I mean, right? It just... So, yeah, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't pass the sniff test. It doesn't pass the test of validity of what is true according to biblical Christianity. So there you go, guys. Patriarchal blessings broken down for you. I hope you found this helpful. If you did, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, share the video. If you know anybody who would be interested in any of the other content that is, is uh, uh, put out on the Evangelical Norm channel on YouTube, Invite those people to come and subscribe as well. We've had a bunch of new subscribers in the last few weeks, the last couple months. Um, I'd love to see that trend continue to grow. Um, I'd love to, to get the God's word out to as many people as possible. So um, if you would, share that stuff. You can follow me on Twitter at The Master's Dog. Um, follow me on Facebook at Norm Dunham. Um, all kinds of places where you can find me. I'm on Gab TV and so on. So and out there. Follow me, subscribe, hit the like button, do all that stuff to make Mr. Algo Rhythm think I'm a really cool guy. And as always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. And if you absolutely have to, use amplification. Until next time, Soli Deo Gloria.